as we gather here for the Eucharist and we hear God's word addressed to us. Today we have two special type of sceneries. One is the witness of St. Paul to Jesus. And the other one is Jesus' witness to the Father. Jesus witnesses the Father's love for him, for us. And so what we have here before us is truly a consoling message wherever we are on this journey of our own life. We see St. Paul, you know, the, yesterday when we read the letter that St. Paul was addressing his words to the priests of Ephesus, as he was coming from Greece to Jerusalem, on the way to Jerusalem, he had this sense and this, he spoke of this knowledge, foreknowledge that he's to go to Jerusalem and that in Jerusalem he is to give witness to Christ in a special way. And, and uh, he would not be deterred because every time he spoke, I have to be in Jerusalem. And, and uh, he received all kinds of warnings. And he spoke of these warnings as given by the Holy Spirit and including on the way um, as he passed through um, Ephesus, Miletus and other places. There was even a prophetic voice. There was a, a Jewish man who manifested to uh, to him that he he took his belt he took uh, Paul Saint Paul's belt and he placed it around him and he says this is how you will be forced to go where you do not wish this is how you will be forced and you will become a prisoner and yet these brothers the brothers in faith sisters in faith were saying Paul you can't go you can't go to Jerusalem because you'll be arrested there. You have to possibly even face death. And then St. Paul says, no, I have to go. I have to go. And so today, what we see in our first reading is St. Paul does go to Jerusalem. Uh, they recognize him. The people recognize him. Those were his enemies. And, and even though he prepared himself for the celebration of the Sabbath by, by, um, by, uh, by known as the purification rite, and even shaved his head for that purpose to be truly cleansed of everything, and yet the people recognized him and 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 they wanted to to um, to arrest him because he is the one who is is being teaching others to be unfaithful to the mosaic law. But what we have here is Paul. You know the the, the civil authorities, Roman authorities, rescue him. But he approaches the, uh, the steps where he's supposed to be arrested and he asks whether he could speak to the people. And he speaks to the people and gives witness to Christ. He gives witness to Christ. And of course, that enrages more the people. So the commander the next day gathers the Sanhedrin uh, and gathers the people, the leaders of the people. And he wants St. Paul to face them because he sees and realizes that it has to do with faith not because he is rabbiizer, but because of because of faith, because of the elements of of the teachings concerning faith. And so, what we have here is there's we have uh, uh, we have uh, Saint Paul now giving witness to the those who are gathering there. And what does he say? What does he say to the people, wishing to determine the truth about why Paul was being accused by the Jews? The commander frees him and orders the chief priests and the whole Hessian to convene. 
And then he brought St. Paul and placed him in the middle of them. And so St. Paul already gave witness prior to that. But now what he says is that to them who have gathered, he says, I'm a witness to resurrection. I'm a witness to resurrection. I am on trial for hope in the resurrection of the dead. And when he said this, a dispute broke out between Pharisees and Sadducees because Pharisees believed in, in resurrection and angels and spirits and Sadducees did not. Sadducees is a group that only accepted the first five books of the Bible. You know, the, it was known as the Pentateuch. So they only accepted that. They didn't accept any books beyond that, which is all the prophetic works or any other ones. So, so this is the dispute. And St. Paul wanted to make sure that they hear that he is also, he was a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee, as we know, and he was a Pharisee. But, but he embraced Jesus as the Messiah. And he gave witness that Jesus is the one who appeared to him. Jesus is the one. And he was on the road to, to, to Damascus. And he gave witness that I was the one who persecuted the most. I was the one who was a witness. And he, I was the witness to the stoning of, of, um, of St. Stephen. I was the one, and yet God, in his mercy, rescued me. He showed me who he is, and he's the one who told me what my mission will be. And so St. Paul gives this witness, and, and here's the, uh, that's, why, uh, that's why he divided the, the group. But the Lord spoke to him that night. He says, following night, the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, take courage, for just as you have borne witness to my cause in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness in Rome. You must bear witness in Rome. The Lord doesn't tell him how it's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. He will be, as you know, we'll read the next couple of days. He, as you know, he'll be arrested. And, 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 and then St. Paul spoke very clearly. Um, he, you know, they wanted to whip him and to force him, you know, to 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 really share the full truth. And of course, Saint Paul says, "I'm a Roman citizen," and so the the commander says, "It cost me a lot to become a Roman citizen," and he is a Roman citizen, so he got frightened, and that's why he would not allow him to be scourged or beaten or punished in any way. But he, as we know, that the Lord led him to Rome on account of that. But the second aspect today to our readings is what Jesus says. As we can see, this is the Last Supper. Just before Jesus uh, was arrested, before Gethsemane, before he went to Garden of uh, Garden of Gethsemane. And we know the agony there before all that. So Jesus speaks to his disciples, but what he does is actually prays to the Father in their, in their presence. And, and what does Jesus pray? He's honoring God. He's honoring the Father. He's honoring him and, and, and submitting himself completely to him. But then he also prays, I also pray for these, not only for these who are here with me, but also for those who believe in me through their word. So he's praying for us because we are the ones who have received the word, the word of God from, from the disciples uh, uh, and, and, and the 12 who gave witness and gave witness through, through their life. So the Lord is, is praying for us now. And then he continues, I pray for them so that they may be one 
to this very day, as you know, ecumenical movement is based on these words, that Jesus himself desires that we be one. Jesus himself desires and that we, can't, we have no choice but seek the unity, seek the unity among Christians, seek, seek the unity among the followers of Christ, because this is what Jesus desires, that they be, be one as I am in you and you are in me, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you send me. The witness of Christians being united is a witness to the world that Jesus is real, that Jesus is true, that he is the son of God, that he is the redeemer. And so that's, that's the, 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 the need for us to always live. You see, we can be divided as Christians. We have all kinds of things we can, we can accuse each other of, but ultimately, if we do not seek and strive for unity, that means we, in some ways, are setting aside word of, the word of God, Jesus' prayer to the Father. And then the Lord continues, and I have given them the glory you gave me. I have given them the glory you gave me. What is the glory? Is the divinity. He's giving us himself, the, 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 the characteristics and the, and, and the capacity to become God-like. Jesus is the one who wants to give us this. He wants us to share his glory and the glory of God. So, so I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as you are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one. So God in Jesus, he gives himself to us so that the world may know that you sent me and that you love me and that you love them even more as you love me. So it's always this, this, this Trinitarian love. And as you know, the Jesus who sends us the Holy Spirit is to manifest to us the gifts that the Father has given through his Son to us, to manifest to us, to remind us, to teach us, to guide us, that we may be truly men and women who understand our faith and understand the great gift that God gives to us. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you, and they know that you sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will make it known that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. How is the love of God being given to us? Through the Eucharist. Through the Eucharist. God is giving himself to us in his son. Yes, we can embrace and we can meditate and we reflect and we can be aware of what God has done for us. He has redeemed us by the power of his cross. But how can he give us his, 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 this grace? To How can he give us his glory? By giving himself to us through incarnation. Jesus who became one of us, he not only became like we are, in everything but sin, but because of incarnation, he left himself to us. Because of incarnation, he gave himself in the Eucharist. And the Eucharist is truly Jesus, fully human, fully divine. He has soul, body, and soul, blood, so body and blood, soul, and divinity, all those dimensions of God. And he's giving himself to us. This is how important the Eucharist is how absolutely important, because he gives us the glory. He's divinizing us. He's sanctifying us, transforming us. 
This is why the Lord said to St. Faustina, many receive me as a dead object. They don't, they don't recognize me that I'm truly alive. They don't recognize me and they don't receive the blessings. They don't receive the graces because they just receive me as a dead object, as a piece of bread and I swallow and that's it. No, it's not. He's truly the son of God. And so this is that the invitation and, 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 and the invitation is to recognize. And, and so for us, we have to say even more Remember St. Paul's letter to the first letter to Corinthians chapter 11, when he speaks of how he says, I hand on to you that which I have received. The night, on the night before Jesus died, he took bread and took uh, the chalice, the wine, and, and, and he said, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood poured out for you. And then St. Paul continues. He says, because we received Jesus the Lord, he says, we have to receive the word, the Lord worldly. Worldly, what does the worldly mean? We have to be in a state of grace. Obviously we are sinners, but the Lord says we cannot you know, receive him when we are in a state of sin, grave, grave sin, mortal sin. And we have, to, we have to go to confession. We have to confess the sins because otherwise we receive him unworldly. And here, this is something that, that St. Paul says, he's the one. And what did he spoke when he spoke of unworthy? People who don't, who don't love each other. Because they, the, the Christians gathered and some were rich, some were poor, some had a lot to, to eat before they gathered for the Eucharist, some had little. And, and St. Paul was embarrassed. How can you as Christians, how can you as Christians just disregard each other and care for one another? You know, uh, what, what, is, what is, again, sin that would make for block us from receiving grace or we should not receive the Eucharist, Eucharist that, that, uh, that, that uh, the Lord himself comes to us and we don't receive him because if we receive him unworthily, then we condemn ourselves. We condemn, receive, uh, condemn. And this is St. Paul says, this is why there are so many sicknesses. There are so many problems because people receive Jesus unworthily. And so this is Saint, again, St. Paul's teachings, which he wrote already in year 49 AD, literally, you know, not even 20 years after the death of Jesus. He wrote this because he received this knowledge. He says, I received this from the Lord, my understanding. And, you know, sometimes, yes, we have, as a nation, we experience this terrible tragedy of, of, of you know, children being killed. You know, and yes, we should react. We should react with, with incredible suffering, pain. And we wanted to see what's, what's wrong with us, what's going on. But you know what? But then we have the other side where five minutes or one hour before a child is born in the womb, it can be eliminated and there's no outrage. There's no outrage. Why isn't there an outrage? Because it's hidden and it's only, you know, exposed partially. I mean, this is what doesn't make sense to us. That's why, you know, anyone who says it's okay, you know, to, to take a child hidden in the womb five minutes before the birth or even when they are born and they're not wanted versus the ones in schools or wherever they are, it just does not make sense. And of course, we all gather here, we all understand this, but that's why when somebody says it's okay, you know, if it's hidden, and, and that's why receiving Holy Communion is so important, but that's also, it's so important not to receive 
when in our hearts we allow for things that, that take place, including taking the children from their womb and you know, eliminating them. Not possible. How can someone receive Eucharist? And, and we, we go across the boards. We're not just talking about politicians, but we have to across, speak across the board for everyone because we can't receive you know, Eucharist in the state of grace. And that's for all of us, priests, religious, all people. Yes, the Lord comes to us, but he wants us to embrace, to receive him truly worthily because that's when he gives us the glory. He sanctifies us. He divinizes us. He allows his Eucharistic heart, because as you know, Jesus, uh, Jesus is love for us. Sometimes we speak in this during this month of, of June, you know, the Sacred Heart devotion. What is Sacred Heart? Sacred Heart is God's great love, human love for us in Jesus. His love, which is human in the sense of in every way he feels for us, he feels with us. He shares our human condition as we know that love that he has and that the Eucharistic heart is Jesus's truly, yes, divine and human love for us. And he wants us to, 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 to embrace, to acknowledge, to love him, to care for one another so that we may not experience the consequences of, of receiving the Eucharist unworthily. As St. Paul says, because of the difficulties, problems, sicknesses, everything else that he sees and understands so the invitation for us is very, it's a beautiful invitation to us to receive the Lord so that we may be witnesses to him in the world today. That we may be witnesses to Jesus' true being our redeemer, our merciful savior. He's the one. That we may be also witnesses to his being alive, truly alive in the Eucharist that we may also understand the fruit, the fruit and the consequences of the Eucharist. We speak of Jesus' Eucharist as being essential in the receiving of the, of the, um, the graces of Divine Mercy Sunday, all the, the graces, the fullness of forgiveness of sin, uh, as well as, as, as the consequences of sin, which is the punishments due to sin. When one receives worldly, then the Lord removes everything for us. It is through the Eucharist. And so today, the invitation is from the Lord. I want to enter your heart. I want to be with you. I love you. I want to take care of you. I want to bring the Father with me because where Jesus is, the Father is and the Holy Spirit is. And I want to give you these gifts. But you have to welcome me. You have to be aware whom you receive. Honor me. Yes, ask for purification, cleanse you yourself, we have to cleanse ourselves so that we may truly worthy receive him. And this way, in this way, we not only receive the, the God himself for us today, but also that we may receive him who prepares us for eternity to be with him. That's the, that's the wonderful gift. So may the Lord then, because it is without him, we cannot do anything. Let us ask the Lord to make us uh, deep and maybe strong believers in the Eucharist, that we may honor him, that we may love him, that we may um, help each other through our prayer, through encouragement, invitation, inspiration, that we may help 
one another to recognize the power, the love, the greatness, the glory that we receive in Jesus when we receive him in the Eucharist. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.